Hello, and welcome to Danley and Friends. I'm your host, Ryan Danley. On this podcast, I seek to spread joy by connecting you with my friends and other people who are doing positive things in their community and in the world at large. I also seek to spread connection through encouraging open dialogue, having difficult conversations, and exploring new ideas and concepts. Every so often you meet what I call cat-like people. These are people who, no matter where you put them, they're going to end up on their feet. That's how I describe a gentleman by the name of Taylor Morrison. I met Taylor a couple years ago through mutual friends of my wife, Kelsey. Through the years, we've stayed friends on social media, and I've watched as Taylor went from one rental property to another rental property to another. How is it that a guy who drove a fry oil truck and did installs at Best Buy and actually got fired from Best Buy? How is it that this guy now owns 24 properties? How do you go from unemployed with a drinking problem and probably the worst slump of your life to having over five streams of income and a realistic target retirement date in your 40s? That is Taylor's story, and you're about to hear it. We talk about all kinds of things, from how he was able to network and meet some influential people who helped him start his businesses. We talk about leveraging your time by using it to educate yourself, and also cutting out sources of negativity and things that will keep you down. We also talk about just putting it out there, and how, if you do so, that more than likely, with the power of persistence, you will succeed. And even if that's not the case, you have a better chance if you try than if you don't. And that's what Taylor did. He tried his hand at different jobs and different pursuits until he found what fit him. He educated himself by using sources like Bigger Pockets, a source that you'll hear a little bit from today, and he stayed passionately curious. And I think that's something that'll come through in today's interview. I learned a lot from Taylor. And I know that this is not nearly the end of his journey. I can't wait to see how it unfolds. Enjoy. All right. Well, I've got Taylor Morrison with me today, who is a dude I've known now for a little while, a um, little bit of Richmond, Indiana connection uh, through my wife and uh, through mutual friends. I think me and you and Dan Link hung out a little bit back in the day. But um, you're you're someone that I've always admired because um, as I've watched you over the years, I've seen you uh, continually work to improve your station in life. Um, You've accumulated new skills. You've accumulated, uh, you know, businesses and things like that. But um, that's what I know about you. If you had to give your elevator pitch, who would you say is Taylor Morrison? Um, Well, right now I'm... Um, you know, a business owner and a dad, actually a dad and a business owner and um, um, a landlord and um, hopefully, you know, a good friend. Um, I spend most of my time either working or with my kids right now. Um, best thing that's probably ever, ever happened to me. Um, that's That's probably who I am in a nutshell. Who I, you know, that probably changes every year. Who, who I am, uh, but uh, that's progress, right? It is, man. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious about that. Talk to me a little bit because most people that you see in life just kind of do the same thing day in and day out. But when I see you, like, even interact on social media and stuff, you're always like, "Hey, who knows how to do this? Who can help me with this?" Like, you're always seeking to acquire new knowledge and and make things better. Um, is that something that has always been in you, or is it you know more recent or what? I, I would like to think it's always been in me. Yeah. I mean, I've always been, always been a tinkerer, you know, and, um, like, uh, so growing up, my grandfather was a huge influence in my life. He was a, uh, he was an electrical engineer, I think, or an electrician. Um, and he, you know, he just always pursued, we were working in the workshop, you know, when I was just a little kid. And so he instilled that in me and I've always, you know, been working on stuff either making my bicycle faster or um <clears throat> more dangerous probably and um um yeah i've always liked to work on stuff and always like to modify things and then um you know as you get older the toys just get 
bigger. <laughs> I would I would like to think that um, as, as I've gotten older, I've just kind of like refined myself a little bit. Like, you know, I always worked for a company or something, or actually always had a few jobs when I was younger. And um, finally, within the last couple of years, I really decided to just break out on my own and uh, and do it for myself rather than for somebody else. But yeah, I, I'd say that I've always... I've always been someone who's who's always trying to change things for the better, or at least around me. Not necessarily always uh, for for me until more recently, you know. But um, I think you either got that you got that um, can't leave anything alone uh, gene in you, or or you don't. Yeah, for sure, man. So a couple threads I want to pull on there. One is I think uh, you know it's an interesting decision to decide to go out on your own. You know, most people want the safety and security of a job, you know, that stability, that predictability, but you were like, Hey, I want to do this for myself. Um, what was it that caused you to make that decision? Well, so to take it back a little bit, when I was like 23 or 24, I started buying my first properties. Like I bought my first duplex. I got a five, $5,000 loan from my aunt. For a down payment, bought this rundown duplex on land contract, fixed it up myself, spent all my nights and weekends in this duplex, fixing it up, got it, got a rental. And at this time, I was working for Best Buy. I started at Best Buy because I was going to school for full time. Left, I was working in a body shop, left the body shop so I could go to school for full time for sustainable energy. And um, Best Buy was willing to work around my schedule. So Worked at Best Buy, did the did the duplex, and um, honestly, I had just gone through a divorce, and I was kind of going downhill and just drinking a lot and just kind of like, um, you know, in a downward spiral, and I got myself fired from Best Buy, and I'm like, you know, what am I doing? I'm I'm not doing anything for myself, so I it's like instead of just look for another job, I'm gonna you know, clean up my act and start my own, start a, like a real business, Innovative Electronics, and, um, you know, just hit it as far as I can and make it work. Um, I also, by this time, I, I had a son and one on the way. So it's like, um, yeah, it's, it was like do or die time for me. It's like, uh, got I don't know, it was like a, I had to flip a switch, you know what I mean? Like I was just, you know, not, not in a good headspace. And eventually, I pulled, you know, pulled it together and I knew I had to do better and set a better example. And I, I feel like uh, that's what I did, you know, I started started Innovative Electronics. It's been great. Um, it's been the best thing I've ever done, truthfully, besides have my have my sons. Uh, it, uh, it's been the most re- rewarding experience that, I, you know, I've ever had. Like uh, if anyone's on the on the fence about starting their own business, do it. Worst case scenario, you fail. You know what I mean. And that's and if you fail, at least you tried. And that's more than ninety nine percent of people can say. Like no one goes out. They everyone and I. I was guilty of this too. Talking about doing something, want to do something, scared to do it. You just gotta do it. You know what I mean. Just go out there and do it. And ninety nine percent of the time, you're gonna land on your feet as long as you apply yourself. And uh, you know that's what innovative was for me. I knew the skill set. You know I was passionate about electronics. And working on cars and mixing that together, you know, and um, it's worked out for me. And um, um, yeah, like I said, it's it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done, and it's and it's put me in so much better. Like part of the reason I was probably so miserable is you know working retail sucks. Working yeah. in a retail job sucks, and everyone that's done retail for a few years knows how draining on your soul it can be, like soul crushing smile you know and it's 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 rough and it's and dealing with customers but um you know doing it for myself i'm in charge i'm in control it it changed it changed everything for me yeah i guess i would still consider myself a retail position because i'm selling electronics but being my own boss is like i don't know it's a whole new world for me motivation is is much different when you know you're building something for yourself Absolutely. And I work probably five times as hard now, too. Like, it was easy to just sit at Best Buy and go in and do a couple installs and not care. And 
you know, go home and drink or whatever I was going to do. You know what I mean? And now I have to you know it's like I have to, you know, there's no no one else is going to do it unless I do it. And that's good for, for someone like me. That's good because, you know, I've always been a hard worker. I've always had multiple jobs, but I just like fell in the slump before before I decided to do this. And, you know, I think anyone around me could tell you, like, I was I was just miserable. Um, yeah. Best thing I, best thing I ever done. I would um, if anyone's on the fence, do it. Just do it. So how did you get started, man? You know, you uh, you have these skills and you're like, OK, I can leverage these. Um, but you have you know, essentially a clean slate. Um, what's step one and how did it become what it is today? Um, so growing up, I always knew that I wanted to invest myself in real estate and um, just finally doing it was the hardest part. You know, and once you do it, you realize, wow, this is easy. You know what I mean? Real estate agents and other people in it try to complicate things so other people don't get in it. And because they'll realize how easy it is and, you know, wow, I can do this, you know, and that's what it is. Um, I think just just about anyone could jump into it. Can you, can you repeat that question, though? Because I just started rambling. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, so, you know, you lose your job and stuff and you're kind of sad yeah. and you're like, mm -hmm. hey, I, I want to do something for myself. Like what's step one? Because you're essentially at a clean slate. Like how do you, right. you know, get this started and make it what it is? Yeah. So um, like like I was saying, I, I always wanted to jump in real estate and I, you know, I always wanted to own my own shop, but I come like I was going, I thought it'd be a body shop because that's what I went to school for, paint and body work. And I did that for a couple of years and this sucks. This is terrible. No one, no one wants to be breathing paint fumes all the time. Um, so I kind of like, left that in the back burner for a while and then um you know lost my job and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna do it um so i just i sat down i got a hold of some other business owners who were you know really good people like jeremy king um for one he he's led me in the right direction he gave me the best motivational speech i've ever had like that dude fired me up and i always i always talked to him i went to his business you know in suds uh, said like um, uh, fundraising and and stuff, and he that dude fired me up. And, what did he say, uh, man? What I, was he saying to you? I wish I, you know what? I am not the motivational speaker that Jeremy is, but you, that is one dude you should get on here because that dude he'll 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 get you ready, man. He I, <laughs> I can't even tell you what he said. Uh, just I just know that I left. I'm like, man, I'm gonna do it. And um, I was already, I was already feeling that way, you know, but he put the, he put the nail in the coffin for that. Like this, we're, we're going to start this, we're going to start this place. But, um, you know, I think it's important to do your research, you know, don't just, uh, jump into anything, like make sure that you're doing something. Like I started a business that is not necessary, like four months before COVID hit, you know what I mean? Like no one needs a radio in their car. No one really needs a remote starter. So that kind of hurt, you know what I mean? But like, find it, find it, find your niche, you know, find, find what people need and do it. Like, uh, there's, I, I got a million ideas of businesses that would be successful just, just from everyday experience. It's like, wow, this, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blur them out. I want, you're going to have to pay me for my ideas, right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, um, I, I think just talking to other business owners to get you in the mindset and um, doing research, you know what I mean? A, a, you can research until you're blue in the face. It's important to to at least study a little bit, like maybe learn how to use QuickBooks and stuff like that. But um, um, you just got you just got to do it. I mean, and, that, and that's easy for me to say because I'm doing it now. But um, you just got to take that final leap of, you know, maybe the first step is starting your LLC, and that's what it was for me probably that kind of solidified it, locking down a lease. Um, in a location, I cashed in my 401k from Best Buy to start my business. I also sold my motorcycle, um, and um, I had some money saved up from from having a few rental properties. So that was it was an easy transition for me, easier than most because I had that real estate income to fall back on. So maybe you know maybe I had an unfair advantage on on that aspect, but you know I still built that from scratch. You know what I mean? I had I had right. like six rentals by the time I was ready to start uh innovative and that I you know truthfully I did consider that like look if I fail I still got this rent coming in like so I guess these things are easy for me to say but um 
you know, maybe that's a good place to start. I think anybody, whether you work for somebody else or not, it's important to have at least five streams of income. And that's, that's how millionaires are made. Um, I do crypto, like you, like you mentioned earlier, I do, um, um, real estate investing. Obviously I have my business. Uh, I, I have, uh, two real estate businesses and then my personal properties and then innovative. And then I also, you know, regular stock investing. I mean, everyone, everyone's got Weeble, right? And Robinhood. Everyone plays around there, but, um, I mean, you don't have to take it that serious, but, um, don't yolo all your money away on every options call that you hear on Facebook, but uh, um, you know that's a that's a good way to build capital is um, safe um, safe place. It's okay to take longer than other people to to turn your thousand into five thousand. You know what I mean, or whatever you know whatever you're working with. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, multiple streams of income. You know because if if innovative were to fail, I'd probably be okay, or if if the rent, if one of them burnt down, I'd be okay. Um, and that, and that's just, that's just security for yourself, you know? Yeah, man. Um, I've seen an illustration recently that described it kind of like, uh, it had bowling pins under it and like this board and had a superhero standing on top. And so it's basically like this board is the layer between the pin and the superhero. And if you only have one stream of income and it gets knocked out, boom, the whole table falls and you know, you kind of hit the ground. But if you have five, six, seven, and one or two get knocked out, you can still stand. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what you're talking about, man, is you know, having those multiple streams gives you that that safety and helps you build a solid foundation. Absolutely. Um, so I've noticed that, you know, you were interested in school, you're interested in like paint, um, you know, kind of things that are a little more hands-on. Um, even though the businesses that you do are hands-on now, you're talking like a business owner. Um, how did you educate yourself in the world of like personal finance and, um, you know, money? Because it, it seems like it's something that you're pretty knowledgeable about now. I try. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You can always know more. Even you can always know more. Um, so a big, I don't, I don't feel like I have a lot of friends, but I, I have a few, I have a few good friends. And um, it's all about who you surround yourself with. You know what I mean? Like, um, and that goes back to my past. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you surround yourself with people that just drink. That's probably what you're going to do. Or if you surround yourself with business owners, that's what you'll turn into. And uh, just cutting those negative people out of my life and and only only talking to people that are going somewhere or that's that's really shallow. But not going somewhere, but, you know, at least want better for themselves. And you don't have to be a millionaire. You don't have to be rich. It just, just want to, just want to improve. You know what I mean? And, and then I think once you, once you get yourself going in that direction, that sort of thing just comes to you. Like, obviously I got a, an accountant and I, I know, I know her asking questions and stuff. Um, and I mean, there, there's, there's so much knowledge on the internet. It's unfair. Like, Compared to 20 years ago, what you could find, like, you know, you just got to do it. Um, the the information's out there. Like, you know, it might be boring to find out what you need to know, but in the end, it's going to pay off. Um, one of the one of the biggest things when I was starting was uh, Bigger Pockets, the Bigger Pockets podcast. Um, yeah. I used to actually drive a truck, um, drive a box truck delivering fry oil, and it'd be like you know, driving hours here and hours there, I'd be in the truck all day. Listening to educational podcasts like that, um, for one, get you fired up to do it. Like, that's a good podcast to get you motivated to, all right, I'm going to do this, this is how I'm going to do this. Like, the birth strategy, I, I never really, you know, locked in the birth strategy, but... Well, my name is Brandon Turner, co-host of the Bigger Pockets podcast and author of the book on rental property investing. And today, I want to give you a brief overview of how to invest in fixer-upper rental properties using this Burr strategy. Hang tight. So Burr stands for Buy, Rehab, Rent, Refinance, and Repeat. It's basically the strategy where you find a nasty property using, sh- and then you buy it using short-term funds, fix it up pretty nice, put a great tenant in there, paying top dollar, refinance it to get a nice long-term mortgage, and then repeat the process over and over. Um, 
it's a good strategy in house hacking too. For those of you unfamiliar with the term, it is when you purchase a one to four unit property with a low percentage down loan, live in one unit while renting out the others such that your tenants are paying off your mortgage. Not only can you completely eradicate what likely is your largest expense, but you can also make more than your mortgage payments while also paying down the loan and realizing the potential of appreciation. I was fortunate enough to not have to house hack because I had already bought my rental property. I actually rented the home I lived in for like five years while I had rental property. I mean, I could have done it better, you know what I mean? But it, it turned out, it turned out fine. Um, but, um, you know, the, the knowledge, a lot of it, you just, you just, you know, you, from experience, I, I try not to get hung up on, I don't know exactly how to do it. It's like more, I'm more of like a, you know, ask for, for forgiveness than for permission guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it's not with the IRS that I'm asking for, uh, <laughs> forgiveness and, and instead of permission, but, um, um, I have done things like really non-traditionally, like uh, I've never had a loan. I've always paid for my buildings uh, in cash and stuff. And um, my I, my business partner, Scott, a good friend of mine, Scott Lawton, he uh, he's he leveraged all his buildings and he's he's probably got more property than me. But he but he also, you know, has a decent amount of debt. And um, I don't I don't like to carry I don't like to carry that debt. It's not possible to not have debt. You know, everyone, I have a truck payment, but um, everything else is paid off. And um, I, that could really, if I was more aggressive and growing, I would probably leverage everything. And um, there, there's just so many, there, the, the world is literally a, a giant sandbox. You know what I mean? And, and you can, you can find success however you want. You just got to do it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, man. I said, you you know what I mean, like five times there, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm so <laughs> no, sorry. No, I feel you. Uh, you know, earlier you said, uh, oh, you know, I might have an unfair advantage, but I I don't think that's the case, man. I think everyone gets a set of cards, kind of like at the beginning of a poker game, and it's up to you to choose how you play them. And you might get a dope hand, or you might get a shitty hand, but you can still win. You know, it's all about what you do and the decisions that you make. And I think you've made some pretty solid decisions. Um, I think you've put yourself in positions that have allowed you to continue to build upon them. Um, how have you gotten so comfortable putting yourself out there? Because one thing that seems to be kind of, um, I guess, like assumed is that you were comfortable enough to reach out to these people, ask them what they're doing, you know, see what's going on, cut your friends off, things like that. Um, how did you get that confidence, man? <laughs> well, um, I don't think a lot of people would call it confidence. <laughs> but uh, thanks for putting it that way. Um, I don't know. I I don't know that I am like uh, confident. I just think I'm just not that self-aware. <laughs> like uh, tr truthfully, like I put my foot in my mouth all the time, and I really do not like mean poorly to it, the way I interact with people. I rub people the wrong way sometimes, and I I don't intend for that, but I definitely do. And I'm and I'm working on that. And especially back when I was drinking, especially like holy cow, like I was an ass. And um, I think just not being a drunk anymore, I've been able to dial it back a little bit. But uh, um, I don't see that. You know what I mean? I just I I'm going for my goals because no one's going to do it for me. I'm just aggressive in pursuing them, and <clears throat> it rubs people the wrong way. Like uh, I had a customer yesterday, actually. I doubt this kid ever watches it. I'm actually trying to scalp a kid from Best Buy um, to work for me at my shop. He's an installer there now. He approached me. He asked me, I need help over here. You know, I'll hire you. But the customer I was working on the car, he come in yesterday. And the customer, I was working on his car, and he went to Best Buy first. And he asked this kid about me. And he's like, oh, yeah, you can trust him. He's a good guy and stuff. But um, he likes his money. I've never met this kid. I've never met this kid before. So I guess. Uh, that's the, that's what, that's one of the things said about me at Best Life, which I do. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to retire before I'm 40. Um, and so if that means that I'm a little bit aggressive, that's okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm here for my family. I'm here for my family first. And then I'm, uh, my goal is to um, 
have my businesses be self-sustaining and uh, take my family for experiences that I that I've not experienced and give them uh, give them things that I never had. You know what I mean? And that's that's my yeah. that's my motivation, and it's a strong one. You know? Um, yeah. Lots of distractions, sure, but uh, uh, you know, I'm my success uh, comes from you know and in, in my internal will to to be successful and uh it definitely definitely rubs people the wrong way you know but um uh, i don't know how else to be man uh, so yeah. i step on some toes i guess i i i don't mean anyone any harm but you know that's part of it it's part of it man and i think that ultimately uh not everyone's gonna like you you know what i mean like you, you can be the sweetest peach in the world but not everyone likes peaches and so um, it just, it doesn't really matter. So it kind of seems like, you know, as long as you have your circle, as long as you have your community and you treat them right and you treat people with respect, you know, outside of that, then you're good to go. Well, and, 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 and also like, you know, I don't, I don't ever talk about it, but I mean, I, I, you got to give, give back. You got to give charitably. There's all these people out there like giving on Facebook and YouTube live and stuff. I hate that, man. But, you know, if, if someone's in need, you know, or I don't I'll, I'll honestly do it, but you, you got to give back. So for me to sit here and say, yeah, I'm greedy and it's OK. I mean, it's it's not that it ain't it's not really that, you know, um, it's just um, I mean, you got to stay goal oriented. And um, I think some people aren't. But they see someone on the outside who who is and. And I, I could I could see how they they think that about me, but um, um, I help my I'm I'm um, uh, I, I I take care of my customers. You know what I mean? Like anyone that are in my rentals, uh, you know, someone struggles for rent. You know, only out of the dozens and dozens of people I've rented to, only only a couple have had bad experiences with me. And that's you know you know you don't pay your rent for ninety days, you got to get evicted. You know what I mean? And and that's just it's a business at the end of the day. Um, but you know, there's been months I've, you know, I, I don't post about it on Facebook, but there's several times where people can't pay the rent this month. All right, I'll get you next month. You know what I mean? Or whatever. But uh, people don't see that side. And I think some people think making money is like a zero sum game that if, you know, right. someone else makes a ton of money that for some reason it's like taking away from them when right. like really it's not like it's abundant. And you know, not to get like too philosophical, but I believe that energy is unlimited. Like I believe the creator is Absolutely. unlimited. And so why would I think that anything that comes from, you know, the universe or creation would be limited, including money? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Money is, just, uh, yeah, money is a real for one. I mean, money is, is, a, is something we've come up with. I mean, it's real in the sense that you pay your groceries with it, but it's not in the sense that if you if you believe in the law of attraction, or if you um, if you if you set your your will to something and you you know you earn something that you you will to yourself, and yeah, like you said, money's abundant. You don't have this pocket by you know, good mind. I don't I don't feel like and um, I don't know. So like, what are your sources of inspiration, man? You know, what are those things that help keep you motivated um, when times get hard, or you know, perhaps like you know when you went through that slump. Um, before you started everything, like how the hell did you get out of it? You know. Um. Yeah. So truthfully, um, my most recent business venture, Stuart Morrison Properties, started the Stuart being a mine recently passed. Um, uh, Jonathan Stewart, huge influence in my life. Um, I only knew him for a couple of years. He lived next door to me where I live now. He this was his next door to me was his parents' home, the home he grew up in. Um, and he actually lived in Texas with his wife. Uh, and, um, and they would just come up here in the summertime. And, you know, I was like kind of in a, in a bad way, you know, then I'm just drinking a lot and uh, they'd have like a neighborhood party. And I'd come over there and just hang out. And they were much older than me. Um, and he's just like a, just like a genius. He was a genius, like totally. He was a genius, and um, a little bit, you know, 
a little socially awkward, but so am I. So like, I think we just kind of hit it off for that reason. And just talk about cars and motorcycles and building shit. And, um, just became like my mentor pretty much. And, um, we ended up starting a business together and, um, he even had, uh, had the mind for me to join the ranks of politics eventually you know, and uh, they're devout Republicans, which I mean, I'm proud. I'm a Republican too. I'm a libertarian, but I don't want to get into politics really. Um, but, um, you know, they're uh, influential people down in Texas. And uh, I didn't know that at the time. I just thought they were my neighbors. And uh, they, um, you know, they, I don't know, just kind of took me, they took me into their arms. My grandparents or my grandfather, I told you was a big influence. My life. He had passed away a few years before. And, um, I don't know, just, just like I said, surrounding myself with awesome people like the Stewarts. Um, and they, they're really, you know, um, motivated me to do better. You know what I mean? Gently, like kind of, kind of snowballed and we ended up yeah, now Stuart Morrison Property owns like, I don't know, 15 apartments or something like that. Um, but he just passed this summer and uh, it's been it's been really tough just trying to keep it, you know, keep it going and uh, make it make it his dream of it. You know, I'm really sorry to hear that, man. But, uh, you know, I'm glad that you found someone that you connected with like that, because I think that that's rare in this world. Um you know, I, I think you would make a good politician. Uh, we don't always agree on everything. You know, I don't want to get into everything, but um, I think that you're one of the more level-headed people I know in terms of uh, your approach um, to the issues. You know, I think that you always research things and, um, you know, you're not quick to be reactive. And I think that that's a, the mark of someone who is, you know, who, who probably should lead, <laughs> you know, someone that's, that's poised. So, um, I've always Thanks. appreciated that about you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. It's, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot you know? of pressure. Yeah. And you always have to be like on. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, Absolutely. sometimes I just want to be chill and say what the hell yeah. I want to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I put my foot in my mouth all the time, man. I don't <laughs> I don't know if I'm cut out for it. Maybe when I'm a little, little older and I got nothing else going on, but... Uh, who doesn't want the world to be better, though? And if you feel like you can make a difference, why not? But um, right now, I got other stuff to worry about. So, so how many uh, ventures do you have, man? You know, thinking about the properties you have, like what, what's your um, portfolio look like, if you don't mind you know, talking about it without giving details? Um, so my first, my first deal, um, duplex bought on contract paid it off in like two years and you know it's just been cash on for me then i saved up enough bought another duplex um but so i had two duplexes and got them up to 100 percent capacity and then bought my third one um and that one that one's um, been kind of a flop i flipped a few you know bought a few um bought a few at the auction and um you know, turn to flip to build capital. And then my buddy Scott, who I mentioned earlier, him and I, um, two years ago or so, decided maybe three years ago now, decided to start more law holdings. And so we bought a duplex together. Um, just like I said, bought it outright. He wanted to leverage it because he loves he loves to leverage his money. But um, um we we own that together and we only have the one. I'm trying to he's he moved out to Arizona actually, so he's He's doing his thing out in Arizona. He's trying to buy property out there. It's a whole nother animal. It's so expensive out there. Um, profit margins aren't there, but the the property values go up a lot more than here. So, you know, it's a, just a different game. But um, I got about 24 apartments total right now, uh, including Sir Morrison and More Law and then my own. And um, a couple. Um, I got I got one that's a flip. We bought it at auction. We just got it cleaned up this week, and we're gonna, you know, sell it for profit. Hopefully, I mean that's the that's the idea, just to build up some more capital for Stuart Morrison. Um, I'm actually 
for the first time ever, getting ready to pull a line of credit against one of my buildings to buy a couple more personal properties. And um, um, like I said earlier, I had a, I have a truck payment, probably pay that off. Just bought a Harley this week, but oh, I yeah. don't owe anything on it. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> that's fun. I guess I'm a biker now. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've always ridden motorcycles, but for the first time having a Harley, it's, it's awesome, though. Really excited about it. It's amazing, um, man. Like, what else do you yeah. do for fun? I know you're uh, quite the outdoorsman. You like to tinker. Um, yeah. You're talking to me about that. Well, we're doing a hiking trip this weekend. Me and my buddy, Jordan Ray, um, he runs Hawkins Speed Shop, which is pretty good. It's who I rent my building for Innovative Electronics. I rent off Hawkins. Close friend of mine, probably, you know, one of my best friends. Um, and uh, we're doing a hiking trip going down to Red River Gorge. It's my favorite place to hike. So beautiful. So beautiful. And, uh, you know, it's a good time to go. It's starting to cool off a little bit, finally. Um, really excited. So, also trying to get my dad to go. Um, he's never done a hiking trip with me. He just had, not surgery, but he had, like, plantar fissuritis or whatever it is on his foot. And he cut into it, like, two days ago. So, he may not be able to make it. I'm like, Dad, I'll just carry you. Come on. <laughs> Come on, you know. And, yeah. um um, so I'm hoping he's going to go, but I understand, man. Like, uh, man, as I get older, man, my hands hurt, my knees hurt, you know, my back hurts. It sucks. Um, uh, but yeah, we're doing this hiking trip this weekend. And then in about three weeks, uh, Maggie, my fiance, and my son Maverick and I are going to go to Zion National. We're going to fly into Vegas, which where my buddy Scott lives. Um, he might be on vacation in California that week unfortunately but um, hopefully we catch him for dinner or something and then we're gonna fly into vegas go out to uh, zion and and hike around for a day or two and then head back to vegas and i'm gonna um probably blow some money you know and, and <laughs> we went to florida earlier this year i used to vacate i used to life's a bad experience for me you know what i mean like i'd rather like I don't have a brand new truck. I got a decent truck and a decent motorcycle. You know what I mean? But I'd rather have, I'd rather go to Egypt than buy a brand new car or something. You know what I mean? Like, um, life's all about experience. So try to do a lot of vacations and do uh, less stuff. Um, my, I don't, my family was a little bit materialistic. Like, we were never, we, we were always poor. You know what I mean? But, um, like, mom would, uh, her her love language is gifts. You know what I mean. So we you should always give us a little something anytime. And you know we really appreciate we appreciate that because that's how we know she expresses her love. But um, you know in such a materialistic time we try to we don't want the boys to have a bunch of stuff. We want the boys to have more wholesome experiences. You know so try to do a lot of traveling over the next few years and um, uh, less stuff. Yeah, man. I, I had a, a similar upbringing, I think, in terms of, uh, you know, we didn't have too much, but um, my mom always wanted to, like, wanted to make sure that I had things, you know, wanted to make sure that I yeah. didn't go without. And so her love language is definitely like, here's a gift, here's something for you. Like, I want you to know that I can provide for you type of thing, I think is what it was. So um, I'm very familiar with that, man. Um, but I, I too yeah. like the experiences more so because it's priceless you know these are these are things um that shape who you are and um shape your worldview um absolutely family seems very important to you man uh talk to me about your relationship with your fiance and your kids and everything yeah uh maggie my fiance um we so we met at the bank man she works at the bank that i banked at and um she uh, saw all the negative account numbers and she was like I'm just kidding. Um, um, she um, had just gotten, I like, I always flirted with her at the bank. You know what I mean? Like, she was cute. And uh, she, I always made sure to go to her. And um, um, she um, had just gotten out of a long relationship. And um, I had, me and my, the mother of my firstborn had just split up. And I was miserable and she was miserable. and. I don't know, man. It just like it was just perfect timing. Like, and it was right before Valentine's Day, like three years ago now. And I'm like, I don't. Do you want to go out? You know, let's go out. And um, 
it's been uh, it's been awesome ever since. She's like so supportive. She's she takes she takes care of me and the boys. And um, that's like it. Not that's kind of like old fashioned. I don't I don't mean like she you know like she just always knows what's best for us and what we need. And she's just um, she's just the best man. Yeah, I love her a lot. She. Um, She's just a, such a good mom and just such a like caring soul and um, yeah, wood trader for the world. You know, never have I ever been in you know such a such a good relation. You know, like good relationship. You know, just like yeah. two people communicating and like you know being there for each other and like it was probably me when I was younger. Just a lot of bad. You know, me being me. You know, big mouth. But um, she puts up with my my craft and um, she sticks around, so I'm lucky for that. <laughs> Straight up, man. And yeah. and that communication piece is hard. I tell you what, because um, yes, I don't know. Just different people use different words to mean different things, and you know, when you're Absolutely. upset, it's hard to communicate effectively. Yeah. And it's just uh, you know, when you find that person that you can strike that balance with, that can you know deal with you through those hard times and stuff, it's just beautiful, man. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely glad you found that, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's a, she's great. And my little boys, uh, you know, they're the definitely, definitely the best thing that has ever happened to me. Like, uh, I always knew I wanted kids. And, you know, I waited, you know, I waited until I was like 28 to have my first, you know, and I, um, it just it rocked my world and changed it for the better. And, you know, um, yeah, I'm so I'm so glad to be a dad. Truthfully, you know what I mean. Like it's it's awesome having we'll just watch them grow up. It's hard to watch them grow up, man. Like getting bigger, you know, and like uh, um, I I don't know, man. It's like it's pulls at your heartstrings every every time they do something new. Like man, just stay little a little bit longer, you know. <laughs> yeah, my youngest is not quite talking, but he communicates with us. You know what I mean? He's running around. I'm like, you can just keep saying these cute little you know what you're saying don't start talking yet you know like uh don't want you get any older but at the same time i did just find a couple power wheels and made them way too fast so i'm excited to like you know let them do burnouts in the driveway and the power wheels and get them go-karts when they're old enough and that sort of thing too but um i don't know i guess every age is, t- is tender you know what i mean for different reasons yeah yeah but i think that's cool man that you're, you know you have the foresight to uh you know, be already thinking about the things that you want to do with them and um, the world that you want to create for them. And I think that that's great because I think that that love is going to be ultimately what sets them up for life and teach them how to interact with people. So I think that's great, man. I hope so. You know, uh, my childhood was, you know, kind of, it was, it was good for the most part, you know, but everyone has rough patches and stuff. And I, Hopefully can everyone has, you know, something that traumatizes them, whether you think it's a serious thing looking from the outside because you want something through something 10 times worse. It still doesn't, you know, everyone has their own tolerance for trauma and stuff. And uh, um, I'm just going to do my best to uh, keep life steady for them. You know, that's the, you that's know. the hard thing. Yeah, there's a quote I like uh, from a book called Man's Search for Meaning. And uh, it essentially says, uh, man's suffering is like a gas. No matter how thick the gas, it feels, fills your soul and conscious mind completely, you know? And so it doesn't matter like how bad your suffering is relative to someone else's, it still feels as bad because it fills you up just that same way, you know? Absolutely. So yeah. I never compare I grief or anything, you know? Right, 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 right. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Yeah, that's a good quote. That makes sense. So I, I dig your shirt, by the way. Me and my fiance Maggie, we fight. She, we fight over who's gonna wear our uh, Ohio drip shirt next. Like, no <laughs> lie, I was gonna wear it today. She wore it yesterday. I'm like, I wanted to wear that. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Yeah, so we're gonna have to definitely get some more of those tie dyes. That's what's up, man. I, I appreciate you. You know, that was that was love. It was cool to see you come through, and uh, it's glad to hear that you guys like it, man. Uh, you know, trying to it's do so our thing good. too. You know, so thank good. you. Yeah. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's like the the technique uh, is just so different with uh, the ice dyeing, and so it just makes the color vivid. And I don't yeah. know, man. It just our, our thing is make life colorful. So it's just kind of like we want to, you know, spread some joy a little bit, and makes us happy. You know, you guys, you guys are awesome. Yeah, seriously. Like, yeah, you guys are so funny on social media. Like, uh, uh, I I like to watch your guys' posts, doing your poses. That's so funny, <laughs> man. You guys are great. Thanks, yeah, man. But, yeah, no problem, no problem. Yeah, um, we're not that funny. <laughs> we're not as funny as you guys. <laughs> but, uh, Dude, so uh, you know, and thinking about like your sons and stuff, and you know the way the world is. Like, if you had the ears, eyes, and attention of everyone in the world, and you could deliver a message, you know, what message would you deliver? Yeah, so I would have to say, <clears throat> um. Stop, uh, stop watching TV, you know, stop listening to the media. Um, not everything is doom and gloom and, um, you know, we're being attacked. I think our minds and our consciousness is being attacked by the people that are supposed to be protecting us, you know, um, not to call me a conspiracy theorist. That's okay. But, um, you know, not, not everything is as bad as it seems and you need to go out and talk to, talk to people, talk to people that you wouldn't normally talk to. I get that experience at my job because people come in and I get to talk to all sorts of people. But, um, you know, if you're not a salesman, you know what I mean? You probably don't talk to people that you wouldn't normally talk to. And I think it's important that people do like, um, you know, people that you think, you know, left and right, blah, blah, blah. But those, those, if you actually talk to people, no one is hard left or hard right. Um, and let, unless, you know, unless there's something to matter with them, you know, and someone's hurt them into the like, well, this person hurt me, so I am anti something. No one is really anti something unless unless they've been done wrong, I feel like. And if you just go out there and make the connections with other just other people, like we're being our our minds are being attacked with negativity and, and hate. And I mean they're that's that's all we don't have cable. We don't watch cable, but, um, even like, you know, anything, anything being put out by mass media, we, we pretend to believe that we at least look in the opposite direction because, um, you know, there's riots and stuff going on. Sure. And, and all sorts of bad stuff happening. If you look for it, you're going to find it. But, um, I think in general, 99% of people don't feel that way until, unless all they do is watch, you know, watch the news and get radicalized by the news because I don't think anyone's getting radicalized by talking to their neighbor. You know what I mean? I think people are getting, you know, radicalized. What is that? You know what I mean? Like that, that's just such a vague term of saying someone feels strongly about something that someone else doesn't, doesn't agree with. And I, I just think like turn the TV off, go talk to people, um, you know, stand up for what you believe in. And, um, you know, um, don't tell someone what they can do, but just talk to talk to someone else about how they feel about stuff because not everything is as bad as it seems on TV. You know, people, there's still a lot of love out there. And, um, you know, I had, I've had people in my shop break down in tears talking with other people, hard left, hard right people, both in my shop at the same time, strike up a conversation. One of them literally was brought to tears with the conversation, just like, you know, I know, I know people are out there that feel this way and, but, um, um, every, in general, people are good, I think, and, um, people make bad decisions, but, um, you know, you just, you just gotta love people and, um, don't take everything you see from face value. Amen, brother. Like, I, I really agree as well. I think the news is doing us a disservice. Um, the other day I was actually yesterday, I was standing out in, front of uh, our yard or in my wheelchair i call it standing but um there was a uh asian lady and a white dude and a couple walking down the street there was a uh, african black dude riding his bike down the street um there's an asian family like on the corner um there's a white lady and her kids and they were all like walking in the same direction they all said hi to each other people were waving and stuff and i was like damn the world is beautiful you know what i mean That's like the world is really beautiful. Those people yeah. weren't fighting. They didn't care what each other looked like. They were just like, what's up? We're in the same neighborhood. It's a beautiful day. And uh, exactly. you watch the news, yeah. it'll make you think those people hate each other, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah, and it's terrible. And I mean, not to get too deep on it, but we're being torn apart, you know, from the inside. And uh, there's a there's an attack on our consciousness, and uh, you know, there, there's an attack on our culture. And uh, you know, we're the melting pot, and it, that's okay, you know what I mean. But uh, 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 meditate more and turn the TV off. Hey, man, bro, I, I agree. Um, it's been absolutely a pleasure talking to you. I, I think you have a, a good perspective. Um, I think that you can definitely show people that you can make your own way in this world, man. And I've always admired that about you because you make your own way. You don't stop for anybody. You're like, this is what I want to do. And I'm out here getting it. And I just Thanks, think man. that's amazing, man. So it's absolutely been a pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate you having me on here, man. This is the first time I've ever been on a podcast. I didn't know I didn't know what to say, man. I don't like to talk about my stuff too much, but it's really I really appreciate you interviewing me, man. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, definitely, man. We'll have to do it again at some point, man. Uh, Absolutely. I know you're going to have an empire, and I know you're going <laughs> to uh, at some point be a politician, whether you believe it or not, bro. I, I think, don't know. I, I think the people know. need you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for saying that, man. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see.